Welcome, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Larlan. Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? We got it out. You got it out. We got it out. You went in to win. Uh-huh. And you won. We won. And you prayed about it. I did pray about yes. it. Yes. It's always important to pray about bolts. Dude, so true. So it, I always pray about bolts. If, Whenever I'm going to go work on the car, it's time for prayer. It's time for prayer for the bolts. So if you guys weren't listening yesterday, I, I stumbled across a problem on my motorcycle. I was trying to change the exhaust pipe, and then I realized that the bolt was well and truly stuck in there, and I tried everything to get it out and ultimately stripped it. And, left and it was myself, a Allen key bolt. So it was stripped the center of it out. Yeah, so I was essentially left with no options other than to call my dad and say, help. And he's like, we're going to do this. So we get under the bike and he gets, oh, I, I forget what it's called. It's like this saw thing where you pull the trigger and it slides back. Uh, a saber saw, a sawzall. Um, there's a bunch of different names. Yeah, let's for call it, it yeah. a saber saw. So basically it's this like electric saw thing. He gets under it and cuts the head of the bolt off, which, by the way, this bolt must be made out of the hardest material on earth because it, like... Which just would not come off. But anyways, cuts the head of the bolt off, so we pull the pipe off. And then this is the, the patience part. We grab the bolt with a pair of vice grips, and we're just, like, moving it up and down. Because if we have to, like, oh, drill you, you it out... You can get a slight bit of movement. We can get a slight bit of movement. Uh-huh. If we have to drill it out and retap it, and it's, like, super risky because it's, like, a part of, like, the engine. Yes. So we're like, oh, please just come out, and we're just going up and down. And legit, we sat there for half an hour. You know, just Dad was... It. Like, we were swapping, like, uh, one of us would hold the WD-4, and spray it. The other one would go up and down, up and down, up and down until it come looser and looser and looser and looser and looser and then just span out. Nice. And it was like the greatest yes. of victory, like yes. fist pumps, like fist pumps. We were just stoked. That's it was, amazing. It was the greatest. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Everything to redeem. All right, let's have some... Uh... Positively different news. In positively different news, probably like 500, 600 metres down the road from us that way, there's this massive motorbike shop that just opened and I drove past it this morning and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, in other positive <laughs> in other positive news. Uh, and of course, for those of you who might be wondering, Lawson is pointing. Y- yeah, oh, yes, I was pointing. So the way that radio works, Lawson... <laughs> So people can't see us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. It's, you know, because I'm just talking, I'm chatting with you, I'm chatting with the listeners, and I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, they, you're they, our family. Knew, they, they, they knew. They knew. They knew I was pointing yeah. for sure. Maybe uh-huh. maybe they didn't know. You said that way. I said, yeah, that way. Which indicates pointing. Yeah, that's right. And by that way, I mean south. south. Okay, yep, let's go. South on Lake Road. <laughs> 600 metres south on Lake Road. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about security. Now, security is something, like, particularly over... Because we just put out on air yeah, our, exactly our, where our, we are. Dude, if you come to the studio... Lake we, Road, 600 metres north, you'll find the studio. I'm not even joking. If you guys came to the studio, we'd probably let you speak on air for a little bit. Like, if you guys want to come and hang out with us, then d- do that. We probably would. We probably would. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, so security. Speaking of security, um, security has been something that's been a bit of a struggle over the last, you know, there's been some high, high, uh, high uh, <coughs> key uh, security stories, I think, of Facebook in the last little bit that's been struggling. But even, yeah, uh, 
all kinds of like people rely on security. It's probably one of the one of the like the going into the future, you know, and thinking about a world that is so monitored. I think a lot of people are scared about security and privacy and these kinds of things. But a company um, based in the based in Europe has come up with a solution to like even the most like intense and minute situations of security. So basically, they came across like there was a, a story from a couple of years ago where like a German politician they took a photo, you know, waving to a like a photo was taken of, of them waving to a, cr- a crowd, and someone was able to enhance that photo enough to make out like their fingerprint, and then use no that to hack way. into their iCloud and hack them and get a ton of information. Oh, that's nuts. Which is which is crazy, that's right? Insane. Like insane. You know, we thought like, okay, fingerprints have to be the final frontier of security in terms of, I guess someone could cut off your finger and steal it or like whatever it may be. But in terms of like having, you know, it's not a card, it's not a key, it's not something that can be stolen. Probably the, and then as well, like you could say, oh, what about a password that's only like in your brain? Well, it's logged somewhere. But your fingerprint, like that's like, the top of the top and so they're like how can we come up with a solution for this is there any other like bio um bio method any other touch kind of method that we can use um to be able to um yeah to be able to use as a security measure and one thing that they've observed is that the butterfly has on it so on the wings of a butterfly they have like two hundred thousand scales on their tiny little wings. No and way. And they're all in, like, super unique patterns. Like, every single one of them, it's like, it's like a fingerprint or a snowflake or whatever. It's like, they had, like, dust on their wings. No. There's, sc- there's, like, scales. There's, like, scales all over their wings that are, like, super unique, and they're always in different patterns. And so they're actually using that. They're actually taking, like, you know, pictures and doing research to create... Um, <laughs> to create these patterns based on butterfly wings that will be used, you know, in security going forward. At the moment, they're doing a test um, with it. Like, and the company that's running this is called Teslagram. Uh, they're doing a test with it at the moment where they're running it on key cards. So you hold this key card up to, like, whatever. And it's like, and this is the thing, is that programmable key cards in the past, like, again, have the ability to be hacked because, you know, you have the ability to, like, uh, there's machines that sense the magnetization on them and can replicate it and hack them and whatever. But this is like a a bio measure that basically can't be copied because it's so intricate. I I think though, like until like, and and we see this, but you know, through piracy and whatnot, it like takes a week for pirates to crack the most, you know, intense anti-piracy encryption and whatnot. But at the moment they're saying like, yeah, they're trialing this with key cards where like, because it's like a physical thing, like butterfly it's a, technology, it's a butterfly technology, a physical texture it's on been the card for itself. thousands of years. God created it like 6,000 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, they're like, this is at the moment, this is pretty much the only uncrackable form of security. And so they're doing a ton of tests with it. And, you know, now getting contracted by a, a ton of countries and companies to be able to make, you know, replica butterfly wing scale texture things that go on key cards or whatever it may be. I have a solution for this for your phone and your computer. Yeah. Rather than using a digital fingerprint to unlock your phone and your computer, use DNA. So rather than having a spot where you put your finger, just have a spot where you lick. Yeah, I was about to say that. Nobody else is going to lick where you have licked, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Or use, I would, that is, like, that That kind of makes me shiver because, like, I would 
I, I think what I want to lick my own phone. Everyone's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like going around it, licking their phone. It sits in my pocket all yeah. day. No. But yeah, just dude, just super interesting. I'm That's like, fascinating. That is absolutely but, nuts. Butterflies are the way of security in the future. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how when human beings get completely stumped on something, yeah. it's like, well, let's go go back to something that God made. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's so much more complex than anything that any human being has ever made ever. <laughs> that will solve the problem. Yeah. And, of course, then that whole process, they're like, yeah, and it all happened by accident. Yeah, well. You know, it's... it's, 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 it's don't it, even get me started. It's just it like makes, are you it makes serious? the mind, it makes the brain turn. Actually, this is you know just to to reflect on that a little bit. Uh, yesterday, I was uh, I was a part of a, a Bible study. Uh, I had in the Bible study a, a semi regular here on Faith FM, Doctor Sven Erstring, and then one oh, of my nice. one of my friends, James, and we were talking about you know um, yeah philosophical proofs for God, philosophical and logical proofs for God. And just like one of the huge ones is the fine tuning argument. And it's just this, idea like you ultimately come to the conclusion that like the way that we live, like there is no physical reason for the earth, for the world to exist in a, in a way that supports human life. There's no, there is no possible way that chance could have um, provided it either because it's so legit, like logistically impossible. Um, the only conclusion you can come to is that there had to be some conscious choice made to make the world and the universe like it is so that we can exist and have life and speak to each other, to love each other, to be happy, to use butterfly wings as security systems. Like this is one of the only, the only conclusion that you can come to because the other ones are so logically um, and statistically impossible. So, wow, I had some more stories to talk about here, but. It's good to talk about God. Amen. Oh, right absolutely. Now. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so I had to cover this story. This is actually a really interesting story. And this is a story that I covered last March. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know whether any of you all remember, but in last March, uh, research came out to indicate that Lancaster County in Pennsylvania had achieved herd immunity to COVID-19. Yes. Now... Of course, the research on Lancaster County has been, you know, somewhat hard to maintain or to to gain and to actually do. The reason being is because this is an Amish community, and Amish people uh, eschew anything that is modern. And so, if you go to an Amish community, if you go to Lancaster County or other similar counties in Pennsylvania where there's lots of Amish, you'll find that there's no electricity, there's no cars. Uh, there is, you know, nothing like that. You will, you will have to slow down for all of the horse and buggies that are, you know, mm. providing transport for the labourers. When they build houses, these houses are built by hand with hand saws and hammers and nails and hand drills, and they build the most magnificent barns and furniture, and they work as a community, very community-based. This is their religion. Mm. They wear, you know, old-timey clothes. They make all their clothes themselves. And it's kind of like stepping back between 150 to 200 years, kind of in that that time bracket previous to where we are right now. And so what happened was that, uh, well, well, some of the things that they um, also eschew is anything to do with the government. So they, you know, they don't vote, they don't get involved in government, anything like that. They just kind of ignore the government. Um, they ignore, obviously, public schools. They homeschool their children. And they have very little to do with the medical system. 
Okay, so in having very little to do with the, uh, with, the, with the medical system, of course, you know, COVID comes along, what are they going to do? There's lockdowns, there's, you know, mask mandates, there's all these kinds of things. And the Amish community pretty much ignored it. They did sort of have an initial lockdown and then they decided that, no, they weren't going to, uh, to do any of that. And living in the United States and living in sort of a very, you know, separate community, they were able to able to do that. And so basically COVID just ripped through the entire community. Mm. Um, they actually believe that COVID infection, the COVID infection rate was close to 100%. Wow. And the reason for that is now, you know, all of these months down the track, there have been a number of researchers who have been very um, carefully researching Lancaster County to find out, you know, what happened there, how did this ha- happen, and what are the uh, what are the lessons that we can learn from it. And as one of the residents said, you know, we went to church, and at church we had communion, and uh, in Amish communion everybody shares the same cup, and one person had COVID, and at the end of that day the entire community had COVID. 100% mm. of the community had COVID because they'd all shared COVID. The communion cup, and so nobody missed out on catching COVID. Mm. Um, of course, as um, the the vaccination rates have been almost um, non-existent within this particular community, and one of the reasons for that is because when the vaccine started to come out, the entire community was like, "We've already had COVID. Why would we get vaccine vaccinated?" Mm. Don't see the point because you know the. Actually, catching it is probably the you know the best vaccination you can get. Yeah, it's the, it's the doing it the hard way and the old fashioned way. But that's how that's how Amish people do things. They do it the hard way and the old fashioned way. Mm. Um, so the research is now starting to come out, and I think we're going to continue to see research on this particular community. Uh, the death rate within the community, because initially you know they. Um, the actual death rate was hard to know because, you know, they don't go to hospitals and that kind of thing, and so a lot of these things aren't recorded. The death rate was about the same as any other death rate for people who caught COVID. Yeah. Um, One of the things that they found that was super positive for the community was uh, that this was a community that spends a lot of time outdoors and is very physical, so a lot yes. of physical labour. So they're you know, reasonably healthy from that particular perspective. One of the differences that they found was within the community was that um, people appreciated the fact that, yes, they were dying from COVID, but they got to die at home, surrounded by family and friends, rather than being excluded from everybody except for you mm. know, ICU nurses and so forth. And so they saw that as being a tremendous advantage. Now, what also was interesting, or what also is interesting, that in the 2020-21 year, 2020 and 2021 year, financial year, uh, this particular county has the highest economic growth of any other county in the in the country. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It's like <laughs> the only place that's open. That's like- right. It's the only place that's open and making money and producing, you know, and, and, and basically what it created for them was an economic boom because everybody else was shut down. All their competition vanished. Mm-hmm. And so even though they do trade a lot within themselves, they trade, you know, outside of the community as well. And so their economy has absolutely boomed as a result when everybody else went into the lockdown and they're like, yeah, we actually have herd immunity here. Nobody has, yep. nobody has COVID um, and they all got over it. And so these were some of the things that uh, some of the interesting research that has come out as a result of looking at the situation in Lancaster County. So, you know, did they... 
um, not die from COVID. No, they died from COVID. They, they suffered a similar death rate to everybody else. And because they had a 100% uh, infection rate, that death rate would be, you know, high. Yeah. But at the same time, it is, it's been behind them since at least March. Mm. Uh, so they came out of the uh, they came out of any uh, uh, COVID issues or problems uh, by at least March this year. Then they went back to churning butter and making wicker chairs and cabinets, and now they're killing us. Like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so this is an interesting one. Uh, DC Comics um, has uh, just announced that the uh, the new series, which is Son of Superman. Uh-huh. Uh, which is going to be John Kent. This is the son of Lewis Lane and Clark Kent, uh, Man of Steel, is along with uh, Batman's sidekick, is going to be bisexual and have boyfriends and so forth. Um, and they say that this is because he's going to be exploring his sexuality in a modern way. Um, he's going to be fighting things like climate change and supporting illegal <laughs> immigration. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm, okay, I'm going to be honest. Like, and this is not because I don't think that those issues are important. It's kind of like the lamest superhero ever. Like, <laughs> It's a woke superhero. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But what it does illustrate is that entertainment is not neutral. It never has been. It always has had a an agenda, and that ideological agenda is to, to educate your children mm. and to educate your children not in the things of God but in the things of the world mm. and not to educate your children in, you know, the, you know, because Clark Kent and Lewis Lane really did educate our children in a biblical marriage model. You know, he was the the the, the DC Jesus Christ. Mm. That was the the figure that he was, and so he stood for you know truth and justice and the American way and <laughs> Christian values. And I guess that's long gone. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is David Help. David, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, I uh, I just sit here with a smile listening to the two of you as you argue about quiet <laughs> Good morning. Good morning uh, to you both and good morning to your listeners. Uh, David, we love uh, we love having you here on the show and uh, we it's, it's 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 good to have a good time on the show from time to time. Yeah. Now David, we're gonna be talking about a very important subject today, shame and guilt. Um, and the effect that this can have on us as a human being, why do we have shame and guilt and how do we deal with shame and guilt? Well, I'd like to make this a two-part series of, um, in other words, today to look primarily the focus is on, on the issue of shame, but uh, we need to define uh, shame and guilt because we so often use it interchangeably as if it is one and the same thing. And then next week we talk about how do I break the hold of shame in my life? Um, this is a topic that I never studied at university. It's a topic that I never read a book on. It's a topic that I actually agonized with my entire life. And as I, in my professional life, work with people, I recognize that so many people are held back from reaching their full potential due to this phenomenon called shame. And therefore... The, it is imperative that we understand the difference between guilt and shame. Because, um, and, and you farmer, remember English is my third language. So um, 
feel free just to cut in here. Uh, but uh, shame is a phenomenon that will hold you shackled to your past for your entire life until you actually are able to confront it, process it, work through it, and move through on it. And when I speak on this topic in public places, so often the majority of my audience walk out with tears in their eyes saying to me, for the first time, someone has given me the words to identify what has been holding me back my entire life. David, have you ever thought of writing a book on this subject? And, and the, reason I I ask, uh, the reason I ask this question is because it is, you know, I've seen the way that your presentations on this have impacted people. I've spoken to people, I've interacted with people that you've ministered to on this particular subject. And as you say, you didn't study it in university and you didn't read books about it. You you came to this from your own life experience and now you've seen the impact that it is having on other people. Um, maybe maybe it's time that we had uh, David Help's book on shame and guilt. I would love to do that. I think I need to go on to retirement to go and write this book because my <laughs> life is extremely busy. Indeed it is. <clears throat> you know, Lyle, guilt means an actual fact. It, uh, in, in the original old English language, it means debt. Essentially an emotion resulting from transgression of an acceptable standard in life. In other words, things that so commonly bring up guilt in our lives is acts of dishonesty, lying, stealing, selfishness, cheating, infidelity. All of those are identified in a text here in, by, by, written by Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 19, he says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. In other words, it is all about transgressing a well-established standard in society or in God's word. And when we do so, it actually creates guilt in our life. Shame, on the other hand, it's a different phenomena because shame, although using a very similar root word in the English, old English language, really means debt. Essentially, it's an emotion resulting from transgression of an ex- uh, sorry, uh, I've, I've just read here, uh, guilt. Shame, on the other hand, means to cover up or to envelop. Um, it is a psychological term, but so often found in scripture, and, and we just bypass it, where in psychology it says that I'm defective, I'm deficient, I'm flawed, I don't measure up, I'll never be good enough. In other words, it is essentially where guilt has to do with something that I've done wrong, shame has to do with something who I am. And interesting that Paul, just a few verses on in the same chapter of Romans 7, verse 24 says, and he agonizes with us, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's incredibly powerful because, you know, when I see, when, when I listen to what you're saying here, I see why this is something that has not been covered at university and in books and so forth and amongst you know modern uh, the modern counseling uh, you know community and that is because 
so often there the world just does not recognize the fact that as human beings we are sinful and wicked and desperately evil above all things as the bible says that we are naturally sinful that's right that's right and if you don't have that recognition if you if you believe that human beings are naturally good and that god is within you rather than uh and that you are god rather than god is without you and god has you know died for you and sacrificed himself for you and done all of these things for you then uh, how could you ever even discover shame because according to that theory shame wouldn't even exist exactly exactly and therefore because we've got to keep an appearances up we so often find that we ourselves or other people suppress that shame with substance with behavior, with relationships. And that entraps us further, confirming for us that that shame that we so secretly carry in our life is in actual fact true. And it it identifies who we are. But there's no escape. Yes. And, and, and it's so, that realization in many ways that um, that we, we have a sinful nature. Basically, Basically what we're dealing with here, as far as I can... See, David, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, we're, this, is a, this is another name for our sinful nature and how our sinful nature controls us. Correct, correct. The, the interesting part here is that when we look at how shame is formed in our lives, often it happens, in most cases it happens outside of our control. Sometimes it does happen under our own control. There I look at King David, where King David sinned with Bathsheba that he carried the narrative of shame. And he comes and he confesses his guilt to God, who then removes the shame out of his life. But you know, in most cases, shame is instilled very early in our life through sometimes abandonment, when uh, those that are the closest to us, our parents, abandon us over my uh, professional life. I have worked with so many young people or older people who have been abandoned as little babies and carry that narrative of shame, is unable to break the shackles that hold it, believing that they will never amount to much in their life. Um, Abuse. Abuse is something that sadly is part of your life at the moment. There's hardly a week that goes by that I do not talk and work with someone who is suffering with shame due to abuse from someone who they should have been able to have trusted. Betrayal. Well, let's call it what it is. The Bible calls it gossip. Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting, and and by the way, this is a sin that I have never in my now counseling career, not a single person ever has come to me and asked me, David, please pray for me that I can attain the victory over gossip. Oh, wow. But but still, Psalm 101 verse 5 says, he that speaks evil of his brother, God will destroy him. That's you know when you when you have a when you have a sin that nobody talks to you about, then you know that you have a sin that is a major problem because 
it's an invisible sin. People don't even recognize it within themselves. You know, you and I, David and Lawson, we work in ministry. We, you know, we do Bible work. We, we minister to people and people, as a result of that, from time to time, people will tell us about, tell us about their sins that they've committed. And, you know, uh, that's because they recognize these things as sin, but an unrecognized sin, that's scary. I've had people confess to me multiple different things in sin that I've committed. I've had a man just before he died confessing that he has killed someone, never brought to account. I've had people that were breaking up someone else's marriage, people that confessed that they had stolen, but not once in my entire ministry life nor my counseling life has any ever anyone ever asked me, please help me with the, the sin of gossip. And we are destroying people's lives. When someone discloses the secret that they have given to me, and I only share on this or any public forum when people give me permission to talk about that the, the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I have shared with someone a secret that I'm battling with and they go and break that confidentiality, I in actual fact character, uh, committed a character murder. And sometimes it's easier to resurrect someone from the dead than to resurrect a character that's been destroyed. Uh, and another forms that create shame in our life is our own sin, as, as I mentioned before. Uh, another is traumatic experiences. What's interesting is that traumatic experiences shatters our sense of self and leaves us unanchored. And so often, especially if we're the survivor, we carry the notion that there must be something. There's this, not just the guilt, but also shame that enters. And so often we attribute those traumatic events eventually to God. And we carry the belief so often, very kindly in the Christian church, that what is it that you've done wrong that God must be punishing you in this way? Then there's the, the area of rejection. Divorce, early childhood, when parents walk away from their children, all are different forms of rejection. Rejection when uh, a partner finds someone else and rejects the one that they had vowed to live the entire life with until death do us part, are all phenomena that actually instill shame. Next week, I would like to, to talk to uh, our audience about how to break that hold that holds so many people shackled to their past, robbing them from the ideal that God has created them for. Yes, and we're certainly going to um, look forward to that, David. This is a very big subject, and I'm so glad that you've raised it. I'm so glad that somebody out there is talking about the issue of shame and who we are and what we deal with is who we are. Um, David, we're going to, we're going to uh, move on with the show right now, but thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.